This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Praise the Lord. Folks, we're excited to be here with Doug Perry from fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. Doug has been doing broadcasting probably longer than me. When did you get uh, involved with YouTube and start broadcasting your first time, Doug? The summer, I think it was June or July of 2007. Yeah, you were you were doing this three years before me. You've been around a long time too, my brother. Welcome yeah, aboard. Yeah, we have... 2,400-something videos on YouTube. That's a lot. That is a lot. Uh, yeah. It's one thing to bring people on and give them the mics. another thing to do it yourself. So I tell you, that's a lot of work you've done. And uh, praise the Lord for you. Folks, we're going to get started. Doug, you want to open us in prayer tonight? And the microphone is yours. Sure. <sighs> Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for this time. We ask that you'd be fully in control, that we would speak the words you want us to speak. We ask that you would get all the right people to hear this, either now or later. That if we say anything we shouldn't, that it'd fall to the ground harmless and not hurt your people. We bless your holy name. We thank you for this platform for Omega Man, for Fellowship of the Martyrs, for the things you're building, for the edification of your people. We bless your holy name. We thank you. Pray all this to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I say amen to that. Hey, we're excited to be back with Doug Perry. I was just praying last night, praising the Lord for the renewed relationships. And uh, I think 2024 has been an awesome year. So For sure. 
for internet radio and uh, doing some great programs even though we know the forces of darkness are mustering out there and you know they think they've got it under control you know God's still on the throne tonight and I'll just say one quick thing have you seen Doug this uh, new prime minister or president rather of Argentina oh yeah how about that guy man <laughs> you know I have to give this guy some credit uh, he's about the only guy standing up there from all these others and willing to right after Klaus Schwab introduced him you know yeah. uh, you know to deal a blow to the uh, the World Economic Forum and tell him like it is so and it, and I tell you I'm fluent in Spanish so that makes it even better oh wow awesome getting to, getting to hear him cuss in his native language <laughs> without an interpreter wow <laughs> that's right you spent time in Mexico man that's amazing. Yeah, my, my folks were missionaries uh, when I was growing up. So from, we went down there when I was about six and came back right before high school. So it was about eight eight years. What my little brother of... was two, so it was kind of first language for him. Oh, wow. Man, what a... And, what a, uh, yeah. What a training ground that was. What part of Mexico were you in? They, they did a year of uh, language study... Uh, all the missionaries do for the, well this was a Southern Baptist convention but they did a year of language study in Guadalajara which is amazing beautiful phenomenal city one of the most beautiful in the world and then uh, we were about eight months in Oaxaca which is down where it gets skinny at the bottom oh wow and my dad dad was a trainer of native pastors in an area about the size of the state of Missouri where I live now uh, and he'd be in a before it was a suburban, it was a carry-all. He'd be in a GMC carry-all, traveling up in the mountains uh, to visit little villages in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we didn't get to go with him all the time, but I remember uh, climbing up muddy roads up through the mountains to little villages where the men maybe would take products to market, but the women and the kids had never seen a white person. And a little pastor with a church of... 20 evangelicals surrounded by thousands of unhappy Catholics uh, this is in the 70s too at the height of the oil crisis amazing and, and I remember um, I, I platinum blonde hair when I was young and my little brother was two and these little kids would want to come touch the hair on my arms because they, they were you know Indian they didn't have the, de- the men didn't have facial hair the men were, were five foot three the women were four foot nine and the kids were tiny uh olmecs and toltecs and maya you know whatever uh native background down there not inter interbred with the spaniards and the the whiter taller people in mexico city but uh anyway uh i, I remember these little pastors would kill off their last chicken because the missionaries were coming and Wow, they were so happy because they had Jesus, and they had nothing. I mean, you know, places where a a buck worth of penicillin would keep somebody from going blind or uh, heal something, but they were happy because they had Jesus, and and it was uh, tremendously beneficial to me as a kid. Yes, because um, I never have been a sucker for this American dream. If I just had a bigger boat, I could be happy, you know. Or, or I need to compete with this guy, or I need to have a bigger house, or I need to whatever, because I met people with nothing 
that had Jesus, and that was enough. You know, and uh, good people down in Mexico. I lived on yeah. the border in TJ, Tijuana, for a year, and uh, would walk across the border and work. And uh, first time I ever saw Mexico, I said, "Man, this is an amazing place. I don't want to leave." I went down to Cordoba, Veracruz one time, stayed about a month. Uh, been down to um, Mexico City. I tell you, great people down there. Uh, it's a slower pace of life, which uh, when you latch on to, you say, man, I don't want to go back to the rat race of America. At least that's what I felt. I think there's yeah. some missionary blood in me. My grandparents had been going down to old Mexico and then Haiti in the 60s and 70s. But um, I really enjoyed it, and uh, you can't beat the food, man. Uh, oh yeah, some of the best yeah. food. The last, the last five or six years, we were in Mexico City um, before we had to come back to the states. This was 1980. Wow, Mexico City is in a crater uh, higher than Denver, and uh, 23 million people, and they yeah. weren't at the time requiring catalytic converters or even mufflers. And the smog was so bad. I remember days we Ooh. didn't we didn't go to school because the smog was sitting down on the ground like pea soup, and you couldn't see ten feet ahead of you. Good My brother got pleurisy, like black lung, like coal miners. He was ten. They said it, his lungs looked like an eighty year old who had been smoking three packs a day for years. Oh no! And we had to we had to get out of there. And my folks tried to get reassigned someplace else Guadalajara had great air other places we could have gone and yeah it just never worked out so my dad ended up coming back to Excelsior Springs where I am now was a pastor of the other Baptist church in town and uh, uh, the pastor that had replaced him at the first church was uh, horrible he had the best baptism salvation numbers in the state of Missouri because he would play just as I am however many times it took for somebody to come down the aisle. So the youth would sit in the back and draw straws to see who was going to get baptized again <laughs> so that everybody could go home for lunch. And and half of the church picked up and moved back to my dad's church across town when he came back. And uh, I was in the youth group with kids that had been baptized seven, eight, nine times. And this guy would play... Uh, like horrifying hellfire movies to four and five year olds uh, to scare them into salvation and uh, had the best numbers in the state ended up going to uh, work for Charles Stanley's church wow. as an associate pastor because he looked good on paper but he had one kid on drugs and one kid was pregnant out of wedlock and um, when dad came and half the church moved he threatened my dad that he'd find a knife in his back some night Ooh. and it was serious enough that my dad called the cops and said hey if I show up dead go find this guy <laughs> oh man uh, yeah so yeah well that's that's an experience um, yeah church isn't always as soft and fluffy as you think <laughs> well you know um, I'd love to go back down to Mexico again the only problem now is the rise of the cartels down there shoot uh, you go south of the border you better be going down there by the direction of the Lord. Uh, yeah. You, you know, kidnapping is an all-time high in Mexico City. I wouldn't want to live there, but never got to Guadalajara or much of Mexico, but I would like to. I hear it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing some of that with me. Folks, we're live with Doug Perry. Doug, you got as much time as you want. The mic is yours. Take it away. 
Well, um, uh, while we're on the topic, I'm going to tell you a story about my mom and what a woman of faith she was. She passed away in 93 from uh, skin cancer, melanoma, after we'd been back in the States uh, of 10 years or so, 13 years. But uh, she always knew since she was 13 she was supposed to be a missionary in Mexico. And she went on mission trips in the summers and then went to college to major in Spanish. And met my dad, who was a math major, and fell in love and felt like he was the guy. And the women in church said, you're throwing away your ministry for the Lord, and he's not even called to be a pastor, and what are you doing? And she said, I don't know. He's the guy. God says he's the guy. So they got married, and she prayed, and a couple years later, he felt a call to be a pastor. And they finished college in South Missouri and went to seminary, and he got a job as a pastor, and and um, she prayed, and he got a call to be a missionary to Mexico. <laughs> and uh, I, I've asked him about it, and she never harassed him. She never brought it up. She never harangued him about it. She just prayed, and he got called, and off they went to be missionaries to Mexico, as she had felt like she was supposed to do with her life all along. And of the two, I think she was more apostolic uh, in, in a lot of ways. Anyway, uh, in uh, uh, when we were in Mexico, in Oaxaca, okay, southern rural Mexico, we're in Oaxaca City, which is a city of about a million people, but this is 1975, 74, and I was seven years old. And there, and the, uh, the Mexican government doesn't allow foreigners to go to the public schools. They don't care if you educate your kid or not, but we're not paying for it. So, of course, you come here, it's different, you, you know, but uh, uh, in Mexico City, there's a French school and an American school and a British school and a big tuition and private, you know, all of that. But in Oaxaca, there was nothing. So the Southern Baptist Convention sends down a journeyman, you know, one year missionary to be a tutor for me. And the other, the Philpots is the only other missionary family there. And he's an agricultural missionary teaching them how to grow peanuts and raise rabbits and raise chickens and stuff up in the mountains. And they had three girls, and two of them were school age. So we lived out in the suburbs. And this journeyman teacher had a little classroom in her apartment downtown at the Socalo downtown in the center of Oaxaca City. So at seven years old, I would walk four blocks from our neighborhood down to the highway wave down a public city bus, get on the bus, ride 15 minutes into downtown, pull the cord at the right stop, get off the bus and walk four blocks to the journeyman's house, do class all day, walk back, get on the bus, go out to the suburbs, get off and walk home. By myself at seven years old. A little bright, blonde, white kid, get on this bus, and there's ladies with a pig under one arm and holding a chicken upside down coming in from the country to sell them in the market and stuff. The first couple of days, my mom followed the bus to make sure I got off at the right place and knew where I was going and stuff. And then just trusted Jesus. <laughs> I remember times where the bus would stop and guys in military uniforms, or at least fatigues, I don't know if they were guerrillas or what, 
would get on the bus with automatic weapons, walk through the bus looking at everybody and just checking things and get off the bus. And the and the sweet Mexican lady next to me would just kind of put her shawl over me and wrap her arm around me and hide me until they got off the bus. And I don't know if she was an angel. I don't know what kind of protection God had for me. But man, oh man, you couldn't do that now. And... I don't know how my mom survived it then. <laughs> the kind of faith to just, I mean, it's one thing to get on a public a school bus, you know, a block from your house or right in front of your house, the yellow bus picks you up, goes to school, comes home. This is just city bus with whoever on it and little six-year-old, seven-year-old blonde kid getting on and off by himself. Uh I can't, you know, it, it seemed perfectly normal to me at the time. I mean, kids go through, they're like, this is just life. You know, they don't think it's any different whether they're living in a mansion or living in a hut. This is just life. But I think back on it thinking, man, what kind of faith did it require for my mom to trust God, to believe? He sent us here. This is what we have to work with. He's going to take care of it. I trust him with my kid enough to watch him walk down on this public bus not knowing what's going to happen. Um, and uh, she was, she was, she and my dad were really, really good models for me of what a radical faith looks like, of really trusting God and believing he's going to take care of it. Even if you get typhoid, even if your kid gets pleurisy, even if you got a you know, drive off into the mountains on an empty tank of gas and believe he'll get you home again. Um, they weren't charismatics, uh, but I remember mission meetings with the Baptists. Once a year, all the Southern Baptist missionaries get together in Mexico City. And sooner or later, the dads would sit around a bonfire and somebody would say, come on, what's the craziest thing you ever saw? And they would tell stories of seeing bullets do right angles and driving on an empty tank of gas in the mountains for a month or a week or, or angels telling them not to go into that village or whatever. And they couldn't go home on furlough and tell those stories because they'd get kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. But they knew. They knew the reality of how much, uh, how, how real God is and how much he's going to watch out for you and take care of you. And uh, when you're punching his time clock, serving him, especially a a, a sent one out on the mission field, he's really going to be there and come through for you in uh, all kind of ways. But um, anyway, so, you know, those are some of the roots I come from and uh, that made it easier now for me to trust God all the time, to believe he's on my side and that that he's uh, got my back and going to provide and that uh, he's not going to let the righteous beg for bread you know, uh, and gonna, gonna take care of you. Um, uh, my mom wrote a book called missionaries are human too. And, uh, I, I edited it and re re released it digitally. It's on our website for free about our first four years in Mexico and, and some of the experiences there. And it's just a really sweet, um, it's just a really sweet book about stories about faith and, and God providing and, and getting us through and stuff. And uh, 
if anybody would like to download it, the PDF is there. You can download it free and and read uh, some of her some of her stories. She was a Baptist, uh, so she didn't say, you know, I heard a voice tell me to do this or that. She kind of was like, you know, the Lord led me, or, or you know, I felt inspired to whatever. But she heard God real good, <laughs> uh, and uh, she was never one of those people that said. God doesn't heal people, and miracles aren't for today, and God doesn't talk to people. She knew. Uh, she knew how to listen to him in in her own Baptist way. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, the thing that's been on my heart um, this week, we talked about at our Sunday night meeting. We have a farm, a 40-acre farm with a 20-acre cave under it, a limestone mine. It's not a up-and-down coal mine cave. It's a horizontal limestone mine where they they went in with trucks and mined uh, all of the gravel out and used it for concrete and buildings and roads and then left columns every 30 feet. So they around there's probably 30 of these things in Kansas City uh, where they use them for dry storage or um, boat and RV storage or all kind of stuff. But our cave's about a million square feet. Um, some of it's uh, underwater back in the back, like three foot deep. We probably have 400 million gallons of fresh water in the back of the cave, plus a creek and a well. But um, anyway, we uh, Sunday nights we usually get together, sit around a bonfire, and uh, um, pray for one another and just share what the Lord's teaching us and stuff. And sometimes somebody has a guitar, sometimes they don't. But it's uh, usually have a meal and. Uh, and just uh, break bread together and and fellowship and and this last uh, uh, yesterday this last meeting man we the Lord really put it on my heart to pound to pound the same note over and over that people got to get ready that you've got to you've got to clean up whatever whatever's left that He told you to stop doing man. It was smoking, drinking, looking at porn, whatever it is, you know, you got to, it's time. You, it's, we're down to the wire. You got to get all of that stuff settled so everything's out of the way so you can hear his voice. Um, because that stuff will clog you up. Religion will clog you up. You know, some people don't hear God because we pay the pastor to hear God so we don't have to. And we'll go on Sunday and he'll tell us what God's saying. Well, that ain't going to work. You know, because the day's going to come, you're going to need to hear the Lord say, it's time to run. And uh, there won't be a pastor around to tell you. Or God will say, on the count of three, move your head three inches to the left. And on the count of three, a bullet whizzes by and just misses you. Um, but if you don't know how to hear and you don't obey like you should, you're going to catch that bullet. So, uh, I mean, there's... Anyway, so... Um, I believe that stuff's gonna uh, stuff's gonna happen quickly, suddenly, and he's been preparing and equipping people for it, and uh, they're gonna have to lay down their differences, not argue theology, theology and stuff, and start playing nice. Uh, one of the guys uh, that comes to our um, bonfire Sunday night meetings brought a friend a couple of weeks ago and he had been a Lutheran lay pastor or something 15 years ago and he's having dinner and chatting with people and having fellowship and one of the guys 
one of our guys says, uh, you know, we need to be ready for tribulation. And this guy says, well, you know, we're going to get raptured. We won't be here. And uh, our guy says, well, I know people think that, but I, I feel like we're going to, we need tribulation to refine us and get the bride ready for what's coming. And this guy throws down his napkin, stands up, says, I can't fellowship with anybody, doesn't believe in a pre-trib rapture. This is heresy. I'm out of here. <laughs> and stomps off mad, gets in his car and drives off, wants nothing to do with us because somebody didn't fully agree with his theology. And the guy that brought him tried to reason with him, you know, and say like, hey, Jesus didn't say, you know, accept me as your Lord and Savior and eat vegan and believe in a preacher of rapture and whatever. You, you can't just go Jesus plus this and this and this or you're not saved. And I've had people tell me if I didn't believe in a preacher of rapture, I wasn't going to get raptured. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just make it up as you go along. <laughs> What's the deal, you know? Anyway, I, I, I had a Facebook discussion with a guy the other day uh, who said nobody was saved until Jesus comes back because that's when the power comes. So until then, nobody's saved. And I'm like, so in all the generations previous to this, nobody got saved and only the people are going to be saved are the people that are going to see the sky part and him come back. Uh, okay, good luck with that. God bless you. We'll see how it works out. I'm done talking to you. Because there's no, there's you got to avoid useless quarrels. And there's some people, like, I don't have time anymore. I, I can't, I, I just can't hardly get on Facebook because, man, they just, people just want to fight about stuff. And I'm like, why don't you go feed somebody and shut up? You know, why, why don't you just knock this nonsense off uh, and uh, whatever. What happened to correct gently and, and, and all the other admonitions to avoid useless quarrels to uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, this is the age we're in. This is the situation the church is in. There's so many people that have to be right and aren't going to budge. And I'm afraid they're just going to have to get killed off. Uh, or they're going to have to be starving in the woods and me have a can of corn and say, okay, do you still want to fight or do you want to share the corn? Oh, I just want to share the corn. Great. Uh, let's just do that. You know, um, it's a, it's a, uh, this, this religious spirit, I think is what the Lord used to turn us over to this delusion. I've got a book called the red dragon about the, the delusion in the last days that's come on, on, on churchianity that, that, that makes them think they're that they're rich and have need of nothing when they're really blind, rich, and naked, and poor. He said it would be like this, and here we are, and it's so difficult. I have people calling me all the time saying, I've tried every church in my town, and they're all whacked. What do I do? And I tell them, go find whoever is feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and getting girls out of prostitution and and taking junkies home. They hear Jesus, and, and <laughs> they're probably a whole lot closer to the heart of Christ then pastor so-and-so with the jet plane. Uh, so go ask them what to do, and, and they can probably help you hear God better. You know, the guys with holes in their own shoes um, that are feeding the hungry are a whole lot closer um, than the pastor with the jet plane. So uh, 
the message last night was was really to my crew who are who are really shiny, love really good, really chasing the baptism of fire, the, the, the consecration, sanctification, different groups have called it things. The old Pentecostals called it the second blessing, but there was a place uh, that there was salvation and water baptism and then baptism of the Holy Spirit. But then there's the second blessing. There's this, this, uh, Wesley talked about entire sanctification, that there is a place where Satan's under your feet, where you're out from under the curses of Adam and Eve, where, where you're, you're walking in, in a love that's uh, not the usual Christian walk. And uh, that is a real thing. The Nazarenes, the Holiness Pentecostals, other groups through history, the Wesleyans uh, preached it and walked in it, the Moravians, and uh, it is a real place. And you really can't get to that place. It's not sinless perfection, but it, it's a place where there's real liberty and freedom and, and peace and Satan's under your feet. And uh, uh, that's what we're trying to do is raise up people that and help them get to that. And um, I talked to a Methodist pastor one time. He was probably 65 and had a church of a couple thousand. And uh, I said, look, you're, you're, a, you're a Wesleyan. Uh, the Methodists descended from the Wesleyans. Don't you believe in entire sanctification? And he said, well, I hear tell of some old saint in their 90s that the love of God just flows through them and they walk holy, but I'm sure not there and I don't know anybody in my church that is. <laughs> I said, dude, if we were getting people there in their 20s, wouldn't you want to know how we did it? He's like, oh, I don't know. You're a hot potato. Uh, you know, I can't really be around you too much. And I like what you're saying, but... I can't come help feed people in the park because I can't be too close to you, and and because well, I'm persecuted and slandered and hated by the world. How come you're not? What kind of pastor are you playing golf with the mayor and lawyers and doctors and whatever? You look real comfy. Jesus said, if you were like him, you'd be hated and persecuted. How come nobody's hunting you down? You know, I've been slandered online. <laughs> One time, there was a I was driving in the car, and some some talk radio commercial. For this company that goes on the internet and cleans up your reputation, if you've been, you know, if, if slandered online or whatever, we'll go and we'll we'll clean it up for you for a fee. Give us a call; we'll give you a free estimate. So I call them, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've got a lot of people calling me a cult leader and saying all these things about me and all this stuff." And we've had articles in the Kansas City Star and neighbors that hired lawyers to shut down the zoning when we tried to build a village of tiny homes on the land and all this stuff. And we were on Dr. Phil one time because there was a custody battle here, and the dad had to, you know, wanted to get press and try to win it, and he didn't. Anyway, so I'm talking to this lady. And she says, well, let me get online and see what we can do for you. And she she does a search for Doug Perry Fellowship of the Martyrs. And she's like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, uh, normally we charge $5,000. And really what they do is put up articles about you and, and, and just try to flood the first two or three pages of a Google search with stuff that will bump these other things farther back so nobody sees them. And she says, oh, and then she's, oh, ooh, Huffington Post, Dr. Phil, oh, can't see star, oh, and I was, she's like, yeah, you need our boutique department. And I'm like, 
so you're going to escalate me to level two customer service here. And she's like, yeah. I said, how much is that going to cost? And she says, well, that starts at $250,000. And I'm like, praise God. It would take at least a quarter million dollars. Wow. <laughs> to 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 get the persecution and lies of me online <laughs> to the second or third page. So uh, it's always been there's there's always been this excuse like God. It's not faith if He just shows up and gives you a hug, and and you know He said you've seen all this stuff. How much more blessed are the people that don't get to see everything the disciples have seen and they still believe in me. You know, I don't believe Jesus on faith. I've been to heaven. I've seen visions. I met Jesus in person. I, I've had, I, I can't deny it. There's, you couldn't torture me enough to deny it. He's absolutely real. And, and, and if I'm in an argument with an atheist, I don't reason out stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm an eyewitness. You're just spouting what you believe. But I've seen you know, it's it, you can't. You can call me names if you want. I've never done a drug in my life. Nobody would diagnose me schizophrenic or anything else. They, I, I, I know what I've seen, and I know how it's changed my life, and and I know that he's real. And uh, anyway, so praise God. You know, I, I, I want to be dangerous to the enemy, and that means they're going to throw everything they can at you. And we've had lots of stuff thrown at us, and this little little ministry is still here. Doing what we've been doing, saying what we've been saying, feeding the hungry, housing people, clothing the naked, doing, you know, the stuff that's on his heart. And uh, I'm banned for life from churches all over Kansas City because I asked the pastor if God really told him to build a new gym instead of a homeless shelter or questioned, I believe in my ability, and you too, you've been around, you've talked to lots of people. You and me, we could walk into any church in the world and in 10 minutes know what we need to say to get thrown out on our ear. Sure. (laughs) That button, I can figure out what that button is real fast. I've, I've stood in churches in the lobby and they have their mission statement and a big frame on the wall. We're this and we're accepting and we're loving and we're whatever. And I just stood there laughing. Like, dude, you are none of these things. You are so far from every single one of these things. How can you, with a straight face, even claim any of this? Uh, anyway, uh, I've, uh, I have a dear friend who's a biker pastor and was a serious bad guy, one percenter, drug dealer, criminal, whatever, back in, back in the day before Jesus got a hold of him. And, uh, we have seriously been considering for several years now waiting on the Lord to give us permission to start sending homeless guys with hidden cameras into megachurches to see how they're treated and then playing it all over all over YouTube or the news or whatever. And uh, That'd be cool. I think it's coming. <laughs> I think it's coming. You know, one of the problems is there's no accountability. There's, there's no denominational oversight over Kenneth Copeland or Creflo Dollar or, or some of these big ministries. And and so what? There's a Senate hearing, and they say, well, we, we think this or that. Your million-dollar house is probably not a, a non-taxable whatever. But nothing really ever happens. You know, those – I mean, they don't go to jail unless they, you know, 
cheat cheat on a their wife or have sex with their chauffeur, or they get run out of ministry or whatever. But but because there's no there's no uh, discipline in the church, there's no uh, oversight, and the thing they're really scared of is reputation and losing their money. And uh, uh, so I think the way to assault that and get some people to start behaving right. You know, if, if you if you did a video at Joel Osteen's church of a homeless guy coming in and they call the cops and hog time and drag him out of there because he's stinky and you play that all over the news, it's going to hurt him bad. And then you tell every pastor everywhere, the next homeless guy comes into your church, he might have a hidden camera. You better treat him right because you don't know. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, maybe I don't care if I got to guilt him into it. The Bible is written because God knows some of us need the carrot and some of us need the stick. So there's hell and there's heaven. So if loving God and wanting to serve him and eternal reward motivates you, fine. Do that. Serve him that way. And if this fear of hell motivates you, fine. Then don't, you know, don't look at porn because you love him or don't look at porn because you're going to hell. Whatever. Just don't look at porn. You know, whatever it takes. So I don't care if I got to guilt these pastors into doing right and, and shaping up, or or if they're just going to do it out of love for God's people and the and the and the needs of and the heart of Jesus. I don't care. Just freaking do it. You know. Let's see. Let's let's show the world something different than just building another cathedral, covering it gold on the backs of the poor, and believing that you're serving God. That preaches. So. Anyway, the message, I guess, right now uh, that, that's really been on my heart this week especially has been how much uh, the people that have their eyes open, the people that are the righteous remnant, need to get serious quick. And no matter how serious you think you've been, no matter how prepared you think you've been, uh, learn CPR. Get, get – uh, Take, take a first aid class. At least watch some videos. Uh, run a mile without having a heart attack. You know, whatever. Uh, just get get ready uh, spiritually, physically, for whatever's coming. You know, we got a thrift store. <clears throat> and I've been really surprised, I guess, or I don't know, chagrined or awed, or I don't know what the right word is exactly, by so many different people coming in donating stuff and saying yeah we just feel like we got to pare down and uh we got too much stuff and we need to be more mobile and uh and i'm like uh yeah so god's telling you well i don't know about that i'm not really a church guy i just uh feel like we've accumulated too much and we got to thin it down and i'm like yeah you know i think he's doing that i think he's telling lots of people you know um it, maybe it's maybe it's the economy, maybe it's whatever, but uh, shedding excess in whatever way you can is a good idea. And uh, being more mobile and more ready to go where he wants you to go is better. You know, on a chessboard, the most valuable piece is the queen because she can go wherever you want her to go. And she, she, she's not forced like a pawn to only move one at a time or, or a, a rook to only move two over and three over, you know, it, it, uh, or only along the straight lines. You, you know, she's the most valuable piece 
because she can use be used a bunch of different ways. And that's what I want to be for the Lord. If, if he says, go to Bali, if he says, go to Africa, go to, you know, uh, Alaska, and you say no, well, then you're a pawn. You know, you can only be used within the parameters that you're limiting God. And uh, far better to say, whatever you want, Lord, I surrender all, and then he can use you however he wants to. And you become much more valuable, much more useful to the kingdom. I say amen to that. That's a powerful word tonight, Brother Doug. Absolutely. Have you heard of an organization, Doug, called Back to Jerusalem? Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the underground church in China is training up missionaries to re-evangelize the Silk Road all the way back to Israel. Um, It was along the Silk Road uh, from Jerusalem to China that the apostles came and evangelized China in the first century. And um, uh, they, they, they feel like we haven't, America hasn't done it. The 1040 window from the 10th to the 40th parallel, North Africa and Asia, is the most unevangelized part of the world. And uh, the, under, the, the, church, the church in China is training up crazy missionaries that aren't allowed to leave, that learn how to get out of handcuffs, how to, how to jump out of second-story windows, Wow! learn Arabic, and then sneak across the border to, from China and start working their way back down the Silk Road to Israel, re-evangelizing in the closed countries we won't go to. Oh, man. And a lot of them get caught trying to get out of China, go to jail for two years, and then do it again um, until they get to wherever Iran or wherever God's telling them they're supposed to, Pakistan or whatever. They are, uh, you know, this was a big, one of the big things in my life, I... Somebody gave me uh, a book called uh, Revolution and World Missions by K.P. Yohannan from Gospel for Asia. They're down in Texas. Uh, they'll send you that book for free. It's uh, gfa.org. And uh, ask, and they'll send you the, the Revolution and World Missions book for free. I think they still do that. And in the book, he talked about the underground church in China and mentioned uh, the book called The Heavenly Man by Brother Yun. Brother Yun now lives in Germany. He, he's uh, almost exactly 10 years older than me, so he's mid-60s. And is probably responsible for 10 million people coming to Christ. He's one of the top leaders of the, organi- of the, of the underground house church movement and was the most wanted man in China. And the book talks about angels breaking him out of high-security prison with broken legs and all kinds of amazing stories that he went through, torture and and fasted 76 days without food or water in the Chinese prison. And uh, I read this book, and I'm like, dude, I want to go to war with them. That's some serious stuff, man. They invite a Western pastor to go talk to the underground church, and he preaches for two or three hours and runs out of material. And they're like, we walked four days to get here to hide in a cave to listen to you Wow. We took a week off of our farm. Don't send this guy if he doesn't have, you know, three days worth of nonstop material to teach us. Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, I could probably do it. Praise God. I think I could. But uh, 
most most American pastors they just going to pull sermons out of a file from seminary and then they're done you know this and same uh, um, they're in China they're in uh, North Korea and probably some other locations yeah. I ran across yeah, them a few years they're ago. crazy I don't know them personally but I look into them uh, every once in a while and uh, they have a uh, they have actually uh, a missionary hacker convention coming up in a few weeks in uh, some part of Tennessee where they get people to come over that can share some tech with them and they share their tech with others on things they can use to get the gospel behind enemy lines in fact um, do you remember the uh, excuse me the uh, the born movie yeah and you know the first of that series Jason Bourne that was his name you know he's pulled out of the water and a guy saves his life and while he's patching up his wounds he finds this little bump in his back and cuts it and it's a little you know holographic uh, transmitter yeah presses the button yeah. and shoots up you know a Swiss bank account up on the wall well this uh, back to Jerusalem group have been using some type of holographic technology where they had the Bible uh, smuggled in and you can project it out into the air. I don't know the exact device that they're using, but you know, I think back in the yeah. in the 60s or 70s, IBM created a little microfish that had the entire King James Bible on it. About the yeah. size of a postage stamp, you know. Microfish technology. Now they got holographic. That'd be kind of cool. And you know, how do you get the gospel into places like North Korea? Uh, most time you got to get somebody in there. I mean, you can send weather balloons over there. I mean, hot air balloons with USB sticks. Yeah. I tried to broadcast in there for six months. I don't know who picked it up. Uh, you know, they jammed the signals outside of Pyongyang. Most of the country's in the dark, right? Right. And who knows? Maybe the border guards heard the New Testament. I hired this lady, paid her 50 bucks uh, a week to just read one hour of the uh, the New Testament in her native uh, Korean tongue and recorded it, sent yeah. it back, and for about you know almost six months, we were broadcasting the uh, the King James or excuse me the the Korean New Testament right into Pyongyang uh, on the uh, the transmitters over there on the island of Palau that uh, Lester Summerall used to own. Now it's Hope Radio. I don't know who heard, uh, but I I said I think on a previous show it's interesting as uh, the West began to abandon shortwave. The communist Chinese went in there and took over the frequencies, and they're broadcasting in English. You know, they see yeah. the uh, the need for it. But uh, at any rate, uh, I just went over tonight to the Back to Jerusalem website. And they've got a news article that was just posted. It says, uh, a shocking letter has just been released from Representative Jim Jordan identifying a program that has been carried out by the U.S. government to monitor activities closely related to missionary work such as travel and purchasing Bibles. Congressman Jim Jordan is chairman of the Judiciary Committee and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. He posted over on his X account, Twitter, quote, we now know that the Federal Government flagged terms to financial institutions related to specific political activities. What was also flagged, he said? If you bought a religious text like a Bible and um, mm. There's an official congressional letter dated January 17th that was addressed to Noah Bischoff, and the letter indicates that federal law enforcement agencies in America 
wanted financial institutions to identify potential extremists by flagging the purchases of, quote, religious texts, including books. They have a government monitoring system specifically designed to highlight actions that are typical of foreign missionaries, including searching Zelly payment messages for extremism indicators that include transportation charges, such as bus tickets, rental cars, plane tickets, for travel to areas with no apparent purpose, or the purchase of Bibles. Yeah. This revelation, he says, is extremely worrisome, especially considering that American missionaries working in closed countries have been experiencing multiple problems with banking. They go on to say that the uh, Noah Bischoff, the former director of the Office in Strategic Operations Division of FinCEN, also known as the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network of the USA, collects and analyzes information about financial transactions in order to combat domestic and international money laundering, terrorist financing, and other financial crime. Okay, fast forward. We've got the feds right now under President unelected Obama. I really believe he's running the show. Just as Iran uses Hezbollah as a proxy to attack the West and attack Israel, I believe uh, Biden is the proxy president for Obama. Just like, uh, Doug, you know, the Catholic Church has two popes. they got the pope that everybody knows about, and then there's a lesser-known figure called the black pope. Yeah, black because Jesuit. of the Jesuit garb that he wears. And many say he's really the brain behind the whole operation. I think we've got two presidents right now. Now, bottom line here is whether people agree with that or not. Uh, this organization called FinCEN, which I heard about 30 years ago, uh, and basically grabs all the financial data from any place they can and analyzes it. Now, you know, if you go into a bank, I don't even know if you can get cash anymore, Um uh, of any sum, but it used to be if you wanted to get pull out, you know, three grand or more, they had to fill, file a uh, a FinCEN report. So FinCEN's been yeah. out there in the shadows for decades, but now it's coming to the forefront that this is really the computer system and the mechanism that they're really going to begin to spy on Americans and Christians. They're already doing it. Now imagine they're asking all the banks to check the records for anybody who purchased a Bible. So you go on Amazon and buy a Bible. I bought some King James on Amazon. Um, Sent them out to people. Anybody done a Zelly? And you put something in the notes? Folks, don't send any notes when you send a PayPal or Zelly, please. Because all that stuff is flagged. And uh, and searched. And you don't need to know what the left hand, let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, so to speak. So, Save everybody some trouble. Send somebody an email. But the bottom line here is they're going after people who are Bible believers. You know, we, we've said it before, Doug. The real enemy is the Christian and the Jew. And, you know, all mankind, if you want to take it up one level higher, the World Economic Forum, you know, just meeting in Davos, the COP28 met. And they want to eliminate mankind, get us down to 500 million. But the real persons that are standing in the way of complete takeover America are the Christians. We are the the new terrorists. Okay, we're the ones that warn people not to take the COVID shot. 
We're the ones that warn people, be careful, the 666 system coming in. You know, we're the people that believe the, the, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Well, they don't want us to exist. And so we're going to see the same persecution, folks, in America that they're seeing right now in China. On this website, back to the Jerusalem, they have an article, and they go into how um, there was a uh, infiltration of an underground church dug in China, and I don't know why someone did this, but they wrote down the name of the pastors and about 25 of the people that were going there. It was confiscated. Mm-hmm. And then the, the CCP, excuse me, this wasn't China. This was, uh, no, this was, uh, this was Korea, excuse me, North Korea. And uh, what they did is they took the people, blindfolded them, took them out to a construction site and ran over them with a steamroller. I don't know what's left if you run over with a steamroller. Literally, you've been turned into a human pancake. Well, and and they and, and North Korea has this like five generation rule. So, two generations older, two generations younger, they're going to wipe out everybody that you ever knew in your family. They're you worse know, than the mafia. cousins you didn't even meet. They're steamrolling people, folks, yeah. in North Korea, shooting them with artillery guns, and in China during COVID and the lockdowns over there. You know, we don't know how many millions were, were killed that were locked in their apartments. Probably 20 million by some estimates. But I know that I saw video of churches with steeples being blown up. There were supposedly a thousand churches dismantled over the past few years in China. I didn't know they had that many over there. But I will tell you this, that the underground church is an attack all around the world. Iran, Middle East, China... North Korea, it's illegal to preach in the name of Jesus in Vietnam. You could be arrested. You take a chance if you do. That's still communist. You've got to be very careful over there. And in uh, many other countries, well, and, we think it's not going to come to America. Doug, is it coming to America? Persecution? Oh, it's here. It's been here. You, it's, you, can, you, you can't say anything about transsexuals, about... Uh, gays about this about that or whatever but you can say anything you want about a Christian with impunity no problem not going to get canceled doesn't matter you know and uh, Doug north of the border right now in Canada and the UK you can be arrested for speaking out against homosexuality yeah Uh, and many other things abortion they will come and take pick you up out of your house and take you to jail I heard that it just went down in Canada the same way. And there's some new laws that have been passed over there to persecute people. I mean, literally, this is what they're doing. They're passing laws to ban free speech, folks. It's not far now from America. I mean, you know, I've seen the people that have went over there and protested. They were arrested. Uh, I've got friends who have vouched for me. In Canada and UK, they said, you know, we can't say these things uh, without repercussions and we could go to jail for preaching the truth. That doesn't mean they're going to stop preaching the truth, but yeah. you got to be very careful. Uh, you don't think it's coming to America, folks? And, uh, you know, being able to go mobile, I think that's a smart thing. Um, they've got an article over here that talks about 100,000 Christians that were displaced from their homes in one of these uh, countries. I don't know if it was... Uh, Abers, I can't even pronounce the name. It's one of those countries over there. I Armenia. apologize. A hundred thousand Christians displaced. Yeah, I mean, you know we're being that targeted. was 
Armenia. Uh, Azerbaijan was that's attacking right. a, a province of Armenia that's actually in the middle of Azerbaijan, but is traditionally Armenians, and that's they it. just took it over and kicked them all out. And uh, Armenia had to absorb them from this this whole other state that was Armenian. It, it's like if you took, I don't know, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, and just cleared everybody out and made the rest of the states absorb them. Um, I'm not trying to but put it, fear it's, in people, uh, but I'm trying to say you better be ready to go mobile. You could be forcibly relocated or displaced. Look at those freak. I don't think they're accidents. Uh, derailing of all those cars that was causing people to be moved because they said, you know, it's got toxic materials. You got to get out of the zone. I mean, look, folks, yeah, if you or, hang on, or Hawaii, Hawaii, or Hawaii, right? Right. If somebody Perfect wants example. your land, and they're going to throw you off, and they're going to find an excuse to do it. Folks, you better be able to go mobile, and you know, have a passport ready. You might have to go south of the border. It might be safer for Christians in days ahead in Mexico even with the cartel than it is in American borders. You know, trouble's coming. Um, I think you brought out on a previous program, it was a prophecy of Dimitri Dudeman where God's going to split the country in half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Involving the Mississippi? I mean, these are prophecies that people forget about. And uh, if you hang on to the flesh, folks, it's going to fail you. Hang on to material goods, is what I mean to say, too tightly, What's going to happen when you have it taken from you? Uh, will you be able, look at what happened to the Jews? They had everything stripped from them, and then even from their corpses, they took their gold. Oh, a, a bunch of times, <laughs> folks. I mean, a bunch of times through history. We better have the Word of God written on the tables of our heart. One thing that will hold us, if you lose everything else, is to have the Word of God. It is precious. I was in a jail cell for 23 days, 20 years ago, involved in an uh, international custody battle for my four-year-old son at the time. It was nasty. And it looked so dark, I, I ran to try to save him. While I learned a big, mist- big lesson. Don't do that. God still had mercy on me, and it all worked out. But I was in a, a place of darkness. Literally dark because they turn the lights off at times. Just have the light from the hallway. And uh, there was a guard, an African-American brother. I said, uh, can you get me a Bible? I'm looking for a King James. And he looked at me. And later he came back and gave me a King James. I had 23 days. Do nothing but read. Once I had that Bible. I went from Genesis to uh, Amazon. (laughs) <laughs> scribbled all kinds of notes on a little piece of paper. I tried to mail them back to me. They put them in the trash. I never got them. But uh, God was showing me all kinds of things. I was so thankful for the Word of God. There are people right now who do not have Bibles in much of the world. And as it is looking here, we've got people in place of government that don't want you and I evangelizing the world and getting Bibles to people. You know, among other th- types of support. Uh, the Word of God is going to be scarce, folks. And if you're not in it now while you still got access to a Bible, you're going to be in sad shape in the days ahead when it could be considered contraband, as it is in many nations. I don't know if it's still the case, but it was for decades. You couldn't fly into the kingdom, Saudi Arabia, where the Bible was on the contraband list. 
And I know because I used to work for the military as a civilian, and we would type up orders to send some of the helicopter pilots over to Riyadh and, uh, you know, to the kingdom for assignment. And there was a list of things they had to take and a list of things they couldn't take. No religious material. Folks, the word of God is going to become scarce, and you better commit it to memory. You better put it in your spirit man every day. You better be ready to move if God says move. And you might not get much notice. If God told you to move now, could you do it? You know, there's a testimony. My, speaking of testimonies from grandmothers, my grandmother, Weber, she's with the Lord Jesus right now. Her and my grandfather were called the missions in the early 50s. And she was praying and seeking the Lord. God gave her the gift of tongues, and she would pray in tongues. Sold her, sold her life out to Jesus. He said, she said, Lord, him a mother of cancer, and I will serve you the rest of my life. And she did that. Her, her mother was healed of cancer, my great granny. And my grandmother gave her life to the Lord at age 19, Doug. And, you know, she had some babies at home, my mom and uncle or so. And granddad and her went to a, a Methodist church. But they had a calling of God on their life to preach. And she actually got it first. Then granddad got it, and then they pastored for over 50 years. But she was praying, and God said, I want you to leave Sunday night midnight, no sooner, no later. That was the command. And you'd go to Texas. Sunday night, midnight, no sooner, no later. Granddad had just bought some furniture. Brand new. And uh, she had to go sell it. And then break the news to him that she just sold all the new furniture. And not only that, but the Lord had just told him to pack everything up and put it in a bag and uh, in the car and, and go west. They didn't even know exactly where in Texas they were to go. But my great-uncle Johnny, which is Granddad Weber's brother, got the same calling. He'd been praying, and the Lord told him to uh, uh, get out of the, the Air Force. His time was up and not renew, and hit the road to preach. And he got the same word, and they sold everything they had just a few days' notice. Sunday night, midnight, no sooner, no later, and got in that car and drove west. And they would stop along the interstate, pull over, and pray, and one would speak in tongues, the other would get interpretation, and the Lord would give them their next direction. And uh, God led them to their destinations, which uh, was to meet a lady, an old Indian woman in the Church of God, and uh, Sister Keys, her and her husband were in the ministry. And they knocked at her door, and she said, come on in and sit down and let's pray. And she prayed, got a word from the Lord, these are my servants, use them. All they had was a baptismal certificate from the church. They didn't even have an exhorter license or anything like that from the church of God, which they'll give you if you want to go in the in the training program. And she let them run a revival. Make a long story short, they ran a revival that lasted weeks, and they were both assigned churches, mission churches, where there was no pastor. The bathroom was an outhouse. This was the early 50s. Yeah. Could you do that, folks? One time my same grandmother called me, Doug, and she said, Son, and she gave a, a verse out of Hosea. You'll be visited not too many days hence. I knew exactly what that meant. I didn't know how many hours I had. I loaded up my son, loaded up the everything I had in my condo, or apartment I was renting. Figured I'd never see it again. And I had to walk away from some things. I vacuumed it, cleaned the toilet out, left it clean. And I never came back. I wasn't able to. Uh, I've been in situations where the Lord said, uh, pack your bags, you're getting ready to move. 
And uh, can you do it, folks, if the Lord tells you? Or are you going to be tied into things so heavy that you can't let go? Doug, take it over. A call's coming in. I apologize. We got to – you can't you can't say I surrender all and then say, okay, but not that, not that, not that. Either, either you write him a blank check without clauses or it's not a blank check. In which case, just sing I surrender some with all your heart and uh, hope that that's good enough. Uh, he'll take whatever you'll offer. But uh, some people are pawns, and some are castles and rooks, and some are queens. And uh, the queen's the most valuable to the kingdom, the most valuable on the battlefield, because they can drive a tank or shoot a bazooka or be a sniper or whatever they need to be. And the Lord can use them wherever wherever he needs them to go. That's right. And uh, that's that's what we should be praying for. And uh, that the Lord would equip and prepare us to do whatever's necessary. You know, you may be the only Christian in that barracks at that FEMA camp. And uh, th- at that point, that's your mission field, and you're the pastor. And you got to teach them how to rejoice. How to, how to, they got to see your joy, your confidence, your boldness, your faith in, 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 in such a quantity that they want Jesus. Um. There's a lot to be learned from the Christians that have gone before us. If you haven't, get a copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's out of print. It's free. It's online. It's written in the, I don't know, 1600s, 1700s. And uh, telling the stories, starting with Stephen and going through the martyrs that came before us and what they endured and, and preaching for hours while they were on fire, not feeling the pain or whatever. And... Uh, um, get 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 it in your head that he's going to give you what you need when it's time, and uh, you need to believe for it. Um, Now's the time to do it, Doug. And it yeah. can be hard to make that transition. Learn and live on the backside of the desert, if you will. But folks, if you don't do it now, it's going to be much painful later because it's coming to us all. I mean, the New World Order has already said what they want to do, and they want to strip all mankind of everything. They're taking the land. They're taking the means of production. They're trying to dictate what you're going to eat, what energy you can use or you can't. I mean, this is the globalist rule. And I mentioned earlier that one president of Argentina, he's like the only guy out there willing to stand up that I've seen, you know, other than what Trump has said in the past, uh, and say, no, you know, this is just ridiculous. There may be some others out there, but they're in the minority. Point I'm making here is this is what the enemy wants to do. And, uh, you know, if he's going to take it, let him take it. Uh, but he can't take your soul unless you renounce Christ. You'd be a fool to do that. Yeah. Uh, don't let him take your crown. The Word of God says, "Don't let him take your crown." We got to we got to hang on to Jesus tight. And you know what? The Lord can protect us. If unless He's ready for us to go home, you know, if He says, "Hey, you know." Uh, I'm not ready. He can send an angel to deliver us, folks. The angel of the Lord encamps about the righteous to deliver them. I'm not calling for the fear of man. You know, that bringeth a snare. But those who put their trust in God shall be safe. Uh, You know, there may be a time, though, God says it's time time to come home, and he taps you, and I'd be a martyr. Well, that's a, uh, actually, that's an honor. That's right. Uh, And, you know, I want to be ready. I had a terrible dream the other night. 
I dreamt I was over with Jesus. Somewhere it must have been Jerusalem. They were crucifying him, and then I was next to be crucified. And they were laying out all the torture they were going to do to me. And I ran, brother. I got the hell out of town. And I woke up and I said, Dear Lord, that's horrible. Lord, help me to be prepared. I don't want to run. You know, yeah. if that is a cross I've got to bear, I want to be ready for it. And uh, it doesn't mean that uh, everybody is going to be martyred, but the chances are the longer you and I hang around, uh, most of us will be. That's what the Bible talks about. Multitudes that are martyred. And they say, Lord, how much longer before you avenge us? God says till that number is, uh, you know, it's finished, that he's determined. And uh, if we can get deliverance over, you know, fear of dying and be willing to lay our life down for, for Christ, what more can the enemy do to you, you and I, folks? You know, if you're, if you're not afraid to let go of the physical things, you know, you don't hang on to that too tightly, the last thing the enemy can take from you is your life. And for me to be, uh, Paul said, for me to live is Christ but to die is gain. You know, look at all the disciples. They all gave their lives for Christ, except the one that betrayed him. There was one that went to prison, but the rest, they all died, crucified, beheaded, put to the sword. Look at the Christians who have suffered millions upon millions throughout the eons of time that are suffering right now. Uh, Are we any better than them in North Korea or China or Myanmar and all these other locations? Absolutely not. And so we've got to get tough. You know, commit our past to the Lord. He will make our way straight, saying, Lord, you know, not my will, thy will be done. You know, I believe the Lord even shut a, a door in my own life here recently. It was uh, going to get me diverted. I'm glad he did it. I, I said, Lord, do whatever you need to do. Open up the right door, shut the wrong doors. And uh, we've got to be willing to uh, serve at the command of the Lord. He can change your orders. I'll never forget my time working as a civil servant for DOD, for U.S. Army Warrant Officer Division. Uh, many people would call in and ask, what's their next assignment? And, you know, you could put in a preference statement, Doug, and, you know, if there was an opportunity to send you to one of those places, you know, surely they would do it. But sometimes there just weren't. And at the end of the day, the, the old saying was that the needs of the Army. You know, you go where we need you. That's the bottom line. Yep. And sometimes it was tough. Some people would get short tours, which was a 12-month unaccompanied tour. You'd go, to, you'd go to Korea, for example, or Honduras for 12 to 15 months unaccompanied. So you'd be over there away from your family. That was t- hard, man. Leaving your family back in Texas, wherever it is, for these people. And then sometimes they would be a back-to-back tour. There was just such a, a shortage of a particular skill. You know, we got to be prepared, folks. We serve at the needs of the Lord Jesus Christ in time army and if you know the story about the Moravian missionaries no tell me I love stories the, in in uh, uh, the Moravians were a group during uh, the Protestant Reformation and this explosion of trying to find the truth of the gospel uh, uh, the the Moravians were part of kind of an Anabaptist um, movement that ended up in Hernhut Germany where they uh, a German uh, prince that had some land gave them 
uh, safety and a place where they could they could be safely. And so, uh, other a whole bunch of other groups kind of swarmed in there, and they were all kind of like, "We'll just get along with each other, even if we disagree on stuff." And in the very beginnings of the Protestant um, Reformation, outside of the walls of the Catholic thing, but the Moravians were were the very first and probably the greatest missionary machine in church history um about 50 percent of them um went out on missions and the other 50 percent stayed lived in community and raised money to support those out on foreign missions and they would even like the community um would uh match up men and women based on how good a a team they were going to be for missions and they would get married and we think you and her go together that marry them and off they'd go to be missionaries wow and there was two of the young men that heard about a plantation in uh the caribbean where this uh plantation owner was an atheist and he he had four thousand slaves and he swore that he would never allow the gospel to be preached to them he said if a if a boat a shipwrecks on my island and they have a chaplain or a minister i will put him in a cabin send for a ship and get him out of here but i will not allow the gospel to be preached to my slaves and these two moravian young men in the early 20s heard this and sold themselves into slavery to this guy used the money for their own purchase to pay for the boat fare to get them there because he wouldn't even pay to transport them wow and and so they're on a ship in Germany, on the deck, waving goodbye to everybody, going to be slaves on this plantation so they can preach the gospel to these people who have no other option, not knowing if they're ever going to be free or ever going to come home again. And as the boat leaves the dock, they wave at the other Moravians on the dock, and their last words were that the lamb would receive the reward of his suffering. And sold themselves into slavery to go to go spread the gospel. Eventually, they they got out and were released from there after being successful, and became two of the main leaders of the Moravian movement as it grew and came to America. Uh, but but there there are those you know th- th- those are the stories I read about, and I'm like, look, I want to be. I want to be mentioned in that group. You know, when the Lord told me, I had a website called whatifwedone.org where I was writing about how messed up the church is. And when I when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, that was your idea. That's not what I want. And I'm like, what do you want? He said, fellowship of the martyrs. That's what the church is supposed to be. The koinonia of the martus, the witnesses that will not back down no matter what. And uh, the comradeship of those who are dying daily. And if you put a gun to your head, they're like, well, dude, I'm barely here anyway. I hate this place. Get me out of here, you know. And if and if that's not my bullet, you better pray hard because your gun's going to backfire. Angel's going to cut you in half. But if that's my bullet, I want it, you know. And uh, unabashedly, unashamedly, that's what I'm trying to raise up. That's what I think we ought to be. And that's yes. what I think we need to be ready for. And I think we need to learn from the Christians in in, in Iran and China and and other places. The the Christians that lived in caves in Ephesus during the Ottoman Empire and and other places how to continue to be a light 
and and like I said, if you're the only Christian in that FEMA camp, you're not. You can't just tell them what you learned in Sunday school and expect them to believe the gospel. They better see it lived out in front of them. They better see something that they want so bad that they're willing to get in line behind you at the guillotine because because something you have is so beautiful and perfect and wonderful that they have to have it. And and that's more than just talk. Uh, that's more than just you know the way of the master. Hey, have you ever sinned? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen anything, no matter how small? Have you ever looked the one with lust? Well, then you need a savior. You want to pray with me? Any atheist can recite that. But when but but Jesus said, uh, when when you love one another, when you're one, uh, then the the world will know that God sent me. The last prayer he prayed in John 17, that we would be one as he and the Father are one, because then the world would know, and that's what it's going to take. I think he's going to come back when we've manifested that, and I've been pulling my hair out for 20 years trying to get religious people to manifest that and they won't and so the Lord said go go, go talk to the alcoholics and the drug dealers and junkies and the whatever because they're grateful for their salvation and they're, they'll be one, they'll get along they don't, they don't know how to argue about theological stuff I got a guy here maybe 6th grade education so beautifully bounced around in foster care people's sofas was on drugs out on the street we took him in he got radically saved and if I ask him to pray in a meeting Lord you're so effing wonderful you're the best effing God ever I so effing love you wow And that's all he's got, man. That's the best he has. And God smiles. It's not obscene. It's not cussing. He doesn't have words big enough. And and but I can't take him to church, man. We'll get thrown out. <laughs> no matter how much God smiles at him, you know. And he's so sweet and sincere, beautiful, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he was working at the thrift store behind the register. The lady came over and said, I think there's a homeless guy stealing money out of the register. I'm like, I look over, I'm like, no, that's just Mike. Wow. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he, and, he, and sure, he looks like that. You know, he's been through whatever. It, meth destroyed his teeth and he's, you know, whatever. Anyway, I couldn't love him anymore. God couldn't love him anymore. And, and he's just—he's just not religious, you know. He just—he just knows Jesus loves him, and that's enough. And as sweet as he can be, and and I'd rather go to war with him than practically any pastor I know, uh, for sure around here. Doug, we're going to war. Yes, we are. Yeah. The New World Order has already declared war on all mankind. But then they—well, it's not—it's not even them. We're not—we're not—we don't need to worry. It's not George Soros in charge. It's not Obama. It's not whatever. It's Satan. The hand that's behind it all, Absolutely. that's coming for us, is evil incarnate itself. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Leonard Ravenhill had a saying above his desk. He said, I got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and two-thirds of the angels on my side, and you want me to lay down and cry? <laughs> well, We're the winning team. Absolutely. We got way bigger. My dad can kick their dad's butt. Whatever they got, however mean they think they are, however whatever, ours is bigger. Our reward is greater. The yes. consequences are worse for them. You know, whatever. We win. 
We can walk in that confidence. We can have that boldness. And whatever we have to go through, it's just a veil of tears. It's just an instant, and then we're on to eternity. And there's there's no reason for half the church to be on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine if they know Jesus and hold his hand and know that he's going to get them through whatever comes. Um, oh, absolutely. And, you know, when I, when I say that, I also say uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's, yeah. it's Satan. He wants to destroy every Christian out there. He wants to destroy yeah. Israel and the Jews. Prepare for war, folks. Warn the saints is coming. And uh, I asked the question, if the EMP comes tomorrow, do you have a hard copy Bible? What are you going to do if all you walk around with is a Bible app on your phone or iPad? Those are great tools. But when that's fried, do you have a hard copy? I think about these things. You know, when I hear about uh, cool little devices that you could, you know, fire up a little laser and it puts the Bible into the air. You can read it as a hologram or a little microfish, you know. I think everybody should have alternate means of, of the word. What are you going to do uh, when you can't buy the buy the Bible anymore in hardback? Uh, I would like to find some other ways to to be able to carry the the Bible around and uh, do it in micro fashion. You know, I'm, I'm actually probably going to get one of those little uh, micro fish. They sent a couple of those up to the moon. Apparently, it's got the whole Bible yeah. on it. But I mean, there's newer technology than that. I would love to get in that hacker meeting. Um, but that's invitation only. They're going to be having that again in a few weeks. But there are people that are looking into this. You know, how do you get the the word into uh, communist countries right now? And yeah. get into the hands of people that they can read it. USB sticks. That's amazing that people even have a device to plug a USB into over there. You know, in a little MP3 cards. Uh, one of the missionaries over here uh, in in Bali. He's Balinese, but he was given uh, a load of these. Uh, audio Bibles by um, I think it was um, Charles Stanley's group because that's who's on the there's a sticker on the back of it it's a little audio Bible that you can yeah. power it up with the solar power right and, and it has I guess a little uh, SD card built in there and uh, it's an audio Bible plus also you know the text version in the Bahasa language that kind of stuff intrigues me sure you know micro versions of the word and I think we ought to have multiple backups for this. I mean, you know, yeah, we're going into war, and we can win. We better have our sword, though, which is the Word of God. Keep it sharp. You know, know what the costs are. Know that offenses are coming. Persecution, tribulation come to, come to us all and be ready to lay our lives down in the end and die with our boots on and with the goal of winning as many souls we can for, for Jesus uh, until he calls us home. Yep. Uh, he yep. has not called us to sit this one out. Uh, he's not called us to go AWOL. Wouldn't recommend that. Or to run. We need to run full force and confront the enemy. And uh, as the Lord leads us into these battles, you know, the battle is the Lord's, but he's going to have you and I fight them in many cases. And uh, there will be casualties. But, you know, that's where we need to get. Fearless for the Lord and saying, Lord, today's a great day to die. Praise the Lord. I mean, you know, I'm putting my money where yeah. my mouth is. I, look, I'm in the enemy territory over here. There's books I'd like to order right now. I can't get them because they will be confiscated by customs here. Uh, I can tell you there are many churches here, but many of them meet in malls. Because if they met in a church, they would be burnt. 
Yeah. Uh, they have suicide squads a few years ago drive up into a church, dating it themselves. I saw footage of one where they walk into a church with a, a pack on and they look for the pastor or whoever and hug them and boom, they detonated. That was happened a few years ago. The Bali massacre. Uh, you know, Bali's probably the safest part of Indonesia to be in. It gets pretty dark when you leave here. This is the largest Muslim nation in the world. But yeah. at the same time, uh, I meet Muslims every day. These are good people. You know, the, uh, they're just, they just need Jesus. And God is appearing to, to, to Muslims, you know, and Hindus. Sure. Uh, my whole block is uh, foreign gods down here. I can take on a, a tour of my neighbors, and, you know, there's altars everywhere. But, you know, this is just typical in many parts of the world. Uh, I would have had no idea until I came to this place. And uh, I don't know why God still has us here. This may be where we die with our boots on. But, uh, you know, we all serve with the pleasure of the Lord. Be ready if God wants to relocate you to go. You know, uh, you'll see your loved ones in glory. Maybe you won't see them again on this side of uh, heaven. But uh, that's what it means to be a soldier for the Lord. We need to think, uh, think in terms of, uh, you know, uh, we've got to occupy till Jesus comes. And uh, just think like any other soldier does. God will meet your needs. He can supply your food. He can supply your clothes. He can supply the resources you need, but we better not leave our weapon behind, which is the Word of God. That's my micro-sermon tonight. Uh, so <laughs> I praise the Lord for the rich experiences that you shared, Doug. You know what time it is. You're preparing. Yep. And, uh, folks, this is going to be global. There is no place that I know that you can run. And, you know, and you can live as a free man still outside of the long reach of the devil. You know, he's going after the whole planet causes all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark and worship the beast. And if you don't, they'll take your head. We're, we're going towards that. And you know, brother, we're going to tell it like it is here. If this offends some people, so be it. But you're not going to be offended at me when you find out that the rapture didn't come and take you out when you thought it was. If I'm wrong, yep. well, then I'll apologize. But what are those pastors going to do in closing, Doug? That are telling people, don't even worry about revelation. That's not something you got to worry about. You won't be here. You know, you're going to be out I, on a first-class flight to heaven. And I'll then, tell you what, they'll get lynched. Right? The deacons and other people will take them out back and beat the bloody pulp out of them because they lied to them the whole time and didn't equip them, didn't prepare them, didn't get ready for what was coming. You know? If, if I'm surprised and there actually is a pre-trib rapture and I've got warehouses full of food and pallets of Bibles and whatever else and I accidentally get raptured and I'm out of here, who did I harm? <laughs> but if I didn't prepare and equip people and, the, and there isn't a rapture at the beginning of the tribulation, then I have, I have, who knows how many people I've killed, how many people I didn't prepare, didn't equip, lose their faith. You know, when the Boxer Rebellion, the communists came to China, the Christians had been told they'd be raptured before they were persecuted, and many, many, many people fell away. Corey Ten Boom regretted that she'd ever taught that in China because so many people lost their faith when real persecution came. You know, we, we think Israel, we think Israel is all de- democracy and 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 friend of America and everything. I just had a sister went over there for Feast of Tabernacles. They told her you can take one Bible. If you bring more than that, you're evangelizing and it's not allowed. Don't bring tracts. Don't bring more than your own personal Bible. Or you won't be allowed in. You know, even even places where you can be a Christian, they're passing anti-conversion laws so that nobody else can change whatever it is they are. You know. 
Uh, Satan, Satan's on the move everywhere. That's who we're up against. And, and Very true. Uh, even if there are bright lights, uh, like the guy in Argentina or Trump or whoever maybe that's pushing back on it, we know what the Bible says is going to happen. We know how it's going to go, and we know that all of us are going to be faced with it and need to be equipped and prepared uh, to be ready to be a bright light in the darkness, uh, to rejoice in the midst of everything crumbling around us. Wow, that's that's exactly right. That sums it up tonight, folks. Get ready. God has a plan and purpose for you and I being here. We're not here by accident. It's it's God wants to use you and I as a reflector of Jesus inside of you and I to a lost and dying world. Are you willing to lay your life down for someone else to get the gospel to them? That if they don't get the gospel, they're going to go into eternity and lost forever and be damned? I'll share one more story, and then I want you to close in prayer. I know a guy. I met him here. He's uh, a very tall individual. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Real tall. And uh, he was heading up a church here. Uh, he did English. And he was here many years. But he realized, you know, I'm needed elsewhere more than I am here in Bali. And this guy moved to Hong Kong. Mm. I know what he's over there to do. And, you know, Hong Kong is not far from mainland China. Yeah. It, it's controlled by the CCP. But he went over there, and he may very well lay his life down before it's over with. And so he went right into enemy territory because he is going over there to win souls. He took his family with him. I respect a man like that because it may be a one-way mission. Uh, and if they were to catch people that uh, are not obeying the official CCP rules, I mean, you can have church. Providing you read out of the CCP Bible and do it yeah. their way, uh, they take people like this and they disappear them, folks. And in other countries, uh, it happens every day. And you don't see these people again. But you know what? they got a reward coming. Are you and I willing to do that? I say, Lord, help us all to get ready because for it's over, we will probably be asked to lay our lives down for Christ or deny him like Judas. We don't want to deny him. Brother uh, Doug, thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, I want you to uh, close some prayer and then also share how people can partner with Fellowship of the Martyrs. Anything you like to mention? Uh, I, I, I want to say something completely crazy. Uh, if and when things hit the fan, if you can get to Liberty, Missouri, you're my brother, you're my sister, I love you. We will find a place. We will find a bedroll. I'll give you my last grain of rice. I'll believe for God to provide for all of us. We, If you can get here, we're here for you. There'll be lots of places the Lord's prepared. But this is one of them. And I believe that we have really good shields. And if Russia fired a nuke at Liberty, Missouri right now, it would bounce. So, so uh just file that away somewhere, but uh, if the time ever comes and the Lord says run, and he puts liberty on your heart, we're here, we're not hard to find, and uh, and we'll make room for everybody, um, whatever it takes. Uh, we are fellowshipofthemartyrs.com is the website, email's on there, ways to give her on there, paypal to FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. We have been living on faith, trust in the Lord, and, and the, the 
generosity of his people for 20 years, running a homeless shelter and food pantry and and uh, uh, community storehouse. We have a big warehouse where we're storing up all kinds of stuff. People donate tents and camp stoves and air mattresses and I got 4,000 pounds of table salt. Uh, who know, Whatever comes, uh, wow. the Lord provides and we just stash uh, wheelchairs and crutches and neck braces. We have a cave. My wife has had dreams of people on cots bleeding all over the cave and her and other people nursing them and bandaging them up and i don't know how bad it's going to get or how much uh whatever but we mean it all the way we've surrendered all the way and are willing to do whatever uh to bless the body so um anyway uh eight books are on the website my mom's books on there too music and other stuff and and um we just want to be a blessing to to whoever's out there that uh, that needs it. Doug, what but is uh, what don't is come your if you're not serious. You know, I mean, come. I don't. I don't. We don't need dead weight. We don't need people that are are thinking they're just gonna, um, you know, eat off the system and and not contribute and not help out and not be a part of it. Um, everybody's supposed to be in this together, um, helping out, carrying their weight, doing doing whatever it is, and. Maybe if God tells you uh, you're supposed to start a puppet ministry, I'll find some googly eyes and some furry cloth, and we'll we'll set you up out on the street corner in your puppet ministry. But but everybody needs to be walking in whatever their calling is and getting about it. Doug, um, how do people support your ministry? What is your PayPal address? FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. Cash app is dollar sign FOTM number one. YouTube channel is FOTM number one. Uh, the Church and, of Liberty? Uh, is that what it's called? Huh? The, Church, the Church of Liberty? Yeah, the Church of Liberty is uh, is our... We, we know that we're part of the body of Christ in Liberty, Missouri. That that's what the church ought to be. We don't think we're the whole of it. And some of the ch- people that are part of the Church of Liberty don't like us and don't want to be a part of it. And that's okay, but revival's coming, and they're going to get it straight, and God's going to straighten it out. So that's the expression of what the church ought to be. Uh, Fellowship of the Martyrs is is kind of my personal website where the my books are and the things God's put on my heart. Uh, Liberty Disaster Relief is is our expression of trying to help in the community. So that's the 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 food pantry, the thrift store, the homeless shelter, whatever kind of runs under that. But but to all of us nonprofit, nobody gets a salary, nobody's paid a, a a wage. Everybody's just contributing, trying to do something here for the Lord. So um, anyway, there's over a couple of thousand videos on the on the YouTube and on the website and. It's all there, uh, free for whoever uh, can use it. If we're a blessing to you, you want to help out people behind have paid it forward, so we'll be here now, and we don't charge for deliverance or prayer. Or We have conferences about once a month. People can come in and sleep on a sofa and get prayer or whatever. We don't charge for any of that stuff. We just uh, give freely and believe the Lord's going to take care of it, and he does. Folks, uh, fellowshipofthemartyrs.com, and I just put the PayPal email up there. It's FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. I encourage you to join me and support the work of Brother Doug Perry. Uh, They really have something beautiful going on there in Liberty, Missouri. Brother, you're uh, you're set up as as an end-time refuge and a battlefield hospital to help uh, many in the the times that are coming. It's going to hit the whole world, folks. Again, 
I know people that want to punch out and say, I'm going to go there. You could be going right into danger. I know people went to Costa Rica. Well, the Lord told me to leave there because there's a volcano that's going to erupt there. You could be in Pompeii, if you will. We've got to be led by the Lord and be where he wants us to be. And if he tells you to uproot, then you obey the Lord. He'll protect you if we're uh, where he wants us to be. But um, right. it's good to know that there are uh, refuges out there, like what you all have set yeah. up, that are going to be used mightily by the Lord in these end times as America gets hit hard. The whole world is going to get hit hard. Earthquakes in diverse places. That means they're all over the planet. I mean, dear Lord, there was just a, uh, a notice I got from the U.S. consulate yesterday, and I looked it up because I don't get one that often, but I'm on the alert list. And they said, if you're in this area, they're evacuating people. They said a volcano erupt uh, in another area, not here on my island, but uh, not too far. And, you know, whole people have, peoples have to be evacuated. They had one hit this island, and 10,000 people had to be resettled. And they were intense down the road. So uh, who knows what tomorrow can bring, but if we're in the Lord, we're going to be all right. Uh Doug, if they want to email you, do they use that same address, FOTM? Yeah. Yeah, that'll come straight to me. Yeah. Okay. Are you on YouTube also? Any of those platforms? Yeah. FOTM1 on YouTube, FOTM1 on, uh, well, pretty much everything. <laughs> uh, you can probably find us that way on just about whatever else. My friend, you want to close us in prayer, and thank you for going overtime with me. Sure, sure. Lord, I thank you so much for... Uh, the reach that you've given to the Omega Man Radio, to Shannon, uh, the endurance to do this show so many hours, so many times a week for so long. Um, Lord, we continue to pray that you just get this message uh, to, to whoever's supposed to receive it. You should hide it from the eyes of the enemy if you want. Scramble it so it doesn't even make sense to them. We, we ask you to just prepare and equip us for what's coming. Um, we don't know what we need. We don't know what knowledge we're going to need or what, what we're going to have to have with us or near us. Or, um, but you do. So we just ask that you would have your way in us and, and prepare us. If we don't love you enough, help us love you more. If we don't obey you fast enough, help us to obey you better and faster. That we would get real good at manifesting Christ to a lost and dying world. We bless your holy name. We thank you. We praise you. Help us to learn to rejoice in the adventure ahead, a time like the world's never seen, that you made us special for this, trusted us enough to know that, to believe that we could endure and bring you glory in this time. We thank you and we praise your holy name. We pray all this to the big throne, straight to the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Hey, Doug, we love and appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for coming on tonight. Folks, go to fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. We'll have this up in a little bit. And, uh, Doug, we'll see you Wednesday. God bless you, brother. Yeah, that'll be great. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Is today Monday? It is Monday. It's Tuesday here in Bali. I'm plus 13 hours ahead. Um, somebody asked what am I drinking just coconut water and water and I'm not even drinking as much coconut water as I was in the past Um, I usually drink about three of those a day 
It's full of electrolytes, by the way. You can't go wrong with coconut water. It's great. But uh, it'll hydrate you. But if you drink too many of them, you could, I think, maybe get too much potassium. So I'm trying to cut my my amount of coconut water. I can overdo do it with anything. But I uh, praise God. God delivered me of all coffee. I don't even have a desire for it. And uh, for what he did for me, I was willing to let it go. God healed me of uh, of LRP, which was silent reflux. It was really dogging me. So that's all gone. Feeling good. Trying to take care of my body now for the first time in a long time. You know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're to take care of them, not defile them. You can defile them through many means, even food, not exercising. You may be in a, you know, exercise is something we got to do. Back in the old days, there were no gyms. People didn't even think about exercising because everybody did some kind of manual labor. You were, you know, you didn't have to let, let the arms rest this day and work out the legs tomorrow. You know, no, everybody walked. You know, people were lifting, building homes, construction, cutting wood. You know, nobody was sedentary by and large, unless you were like a king sitting in a palace. But uh, it's become a luxury today, and uh, the fact that many caught up in a uh, sedentary lifestyle uh, have become obese, have developed diabetes heart disease, and a whole host of other problems that are really part of a sedentary lifestyle and just bad diet. God had to get my attention on a few things, and uh, he's helping me bit by bit, day by day, turn it around. But that's what I drink. Um, Occasionally, maybe a watermelon juice, no sugar. Someone asked, have I given up the iPhone? Uh, No, but... I have to maintain a USA phone number as an American for various reasons. You know, just have a bank account and be able to get text. So I recently made the switch from AT&T, maybe, well, I guess it's been four or five months ago now. And uh, they were charging me $3 in a minute, minute, 50 cents a text. I said, this is highway robbery. No deals. So I jumped over to uh, Mint Mobile which is a great plan. It's only like $15 a month. Unlimited a lot of things. And um, I needed a phone to do it, so I put it on my iPhone, which was the, was the phone that I carried all the time. But uh, I can only use it uh, for a limited time every day where I'm at, or I could hit roaming charges. So that phone basically is uh, in cold storage all but a little bit every day. A lot of times I don't even check it for days. And I'm just carrying a Samsung now. But I love the iPhone. Uh, Maybe later I'll get me an iPhone 14. I heard don't waste any money on the 15. Just go with the 14. It's got all the technology on it that you may want. But no, I use an Android uh, for the person to ask that question. And uh, my other phone is tied up, you know, maintaining my USA phone number. But uh, I'm trying to get people transition over. Contact me on WhatsApp. That's that's how I communicate over here. And um, there we are. Uh, what was the other question? Okay, so um, we're on a new schedule. Monday through Friday, 
7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes we go later, like today. And uh, we'll be on Wednesday, every Wednesday, with international shows. Every other week we do a triple show. Uh, This week we're going to do a triple one. We're going to have David Measures, Michael Cummins, and Elvis Newhart. But then every week, at minimum, we have Michael Cummins from England. That's on Wednesday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm posting the schedule now. Every day I'll put it up on my Facebook wall and pin it to the top of the uh, wall. So if you're interested in seeing who we've got come on, you can go over and add me as a friend and look in on it. You can follow the page, however you want to do it. Mr. Shannon Ray Davis. Had to put the MR in there because uh, my old one is banned for some reason. Um, Also, Mega Man Radio is gone. I can't get that back. I'm on a blacklist, I guess. So uh, anyway, we find ways around the, um, the censorship. Uh, my website, though, I'm in full control of. I don't have to worry about the censors getting that. Not now, at least. OmegaManRadio.com. If you can get there, you'll find links to everything else that may, may interest you, like where to get the archives on Podbean. Uh, my email's there, etc. If God puts in your heart to support this ministry, all we were saying with my earlier article is not a great idea to put comments in the notes, like if you sent a PayPal or a Zelle. Uh, if you want to send me a comment, better just to email me direct because all that stuff is screened and one key word can flag the system. So uh, there we are. Um, but please continue to give because those are the best ways to do it. You can still send me mail, but know that I'm only able to check that about once a month. So if you send something there, it's going to sit there at least 30, 30 sometimes more days before I can get access to it. Uh, thank you for those that have supported the program. We live by faith over here. And uh, I am trying to do some side gigs as they come available. But um, apart from that, uh, without your help, we wouldn't have been able to make it this far. So for all those who have given, you've got good fruit. We've got this far, and you helped me, and you've got it with me on your uh, books in heaven. God keeps good books. That is for certain. And uh, we're going to keep going as far as we can. God richly bless you. Every one of you who tune in, uh, who uh, get the word out to others, share programs, who are able to financially support it, those who would like to and cannot, um, pray for us. Every bit helps. And God bless you out there. I am, again, interested in this subject of uh, having backups to a hard copy Bible when maybe you can't travel with that into certain locations you can get a word, the Bible on Word Word document, put it on a USB stick that's kind of cool there's a PDF Bible, everybody should have a copy of but I'm thinking even beyond that yeah you can have copies on a USB drive but some of this other technology would be kind of cool like the hologram those devices actually exist or miniature Bibles that you put under a little device and you you can expand it and read it. Might have to look at it through a magnifier glass. It's kind of cool. Marathon is back uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're going for eleven thousand shows now. Um, enemy tried to take us out many times, but he was not successful. We got back up with the Lord's help and with your prayers, and we're pushing forward. God's uh, actually restored a couple relationships, and we've got some people coming back on that you haven't heard from in a long time. I'm excited to say. Uh, More news on that 
as we get some dates locked in for him. But um, it's all good. Uh, pray for me for some wisdom. I've got to um, set up this server in Malaysia. We've got the space now. It's a dedicated offshore hosting platform, which is um, a backup system to the stuff that we have already for censorship purposes. If anything goes down, we'll have a backup. And I'm looking, as soon as I'm loaded up with the right software, to just load all 10,000, let's say 600-plus shows, back up and make them available immediately. And then as we restore them, I'll just overwrite some of the... uh, audios that we clean up in in terms of the first thousand shows that we did. I'm uh, in a remastering process there. It's it's slow, but we'll get her done. It'll probably take me another year to finish that. But um, the remastering, that is. But uh, we could have imminently the vault active that I've been talking about now for a few months. And following that, I'll have a full catalog that you can uh, search and you can find a list of programs by speaker easier than in the past. So that's in the works. Those are all going to be free. There's no charge. There'll never be a charge for any of the Omega Man programs. They're free to listen to, free to download. And uh, again, when you support this program with any amount, it helps to pay for server costs. And, you know, so I can uh, eat a ground beef patty for, for breakfast. Thank you. Uh, we live from the gospel. And I am praying that the Lord bless some of these side gigs that I'm working on, that I want to get off the ground. We're trying to launch uh, herbal supplements again. I've got one product that we were able to put in an order for uh, a couple months ago. It takes about eight to ten weeks to produce these things. And when I get it done, believe me, I'm going to run some commercials. We've got a product called Natokinase that we want to market. And I'm going to try to target one product at a time as I have the means and maybe promote them on Amazon and some of these other shopping sites and uh, try to sell some product on the side. That'll fuel the ministry. We'll see what happens. See if we've got time and see if, uh, if it works or not. Haven't done that in over a decade. But at any rate, thank you again for any help that you can uh, put this way. And um, again, OmegaManRadio.com is my website. Email me from there. Love you all out there. We're going to be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we've got Joe Cohen with a guest, Sabrina Sessions, Philip Morris, and a two-hour demon hotline with Lou Young. Followed by four, five, seven shows on Wednesday. Speak my word coming back to you. I'll get that back online every day. God bless you all. And with that, Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the programs today, all the speakers that came on, all those that came out to tune in. I thank you for everyone who supported these ministries. Bless them all mightily in Jesus Christ's name. Father God, guide and direct us all. Help us to have courage to stand in the days ahead, not to have fear. But stand strong for you. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Equip us for the battle ahead. You've called us to be overcomers, not deserters. Help us, Lord, to overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb the word of our testimony, and love not our lives unto the death. To God be the glory. Put a hedge of protection, wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 around each one of us. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over everyone out there tonight, Father God, that's tuning in.
Again, open up the right doors for us, shut the wrong doors. Bless everyone, Father God, who came out. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray.